Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. Thanks so much for taking the time to download, listen, share, comment, what have you. Let's get right into the news. Uh, only six stories to kind of look at today. There was a couple other things, but I didn't feel they were really that pertinent to discuss and take up time. So we're going to talk about these. So the first one is from cybernews.com. Ernestus Napper is reporting. Two million affected as learning app suffers data leak. A misconfigured database on the Lecture Notes learning app, a platform for sharing class notes has exposed more than 2 million user records, the Cyber News Research team has discovered. In December 2023, the Cyber News Research team discovered a misconfigured MongoDB database belonging to Lecture Notes. The database was being updated in real time and exposed the personal and access data of users and app admins. A total of 2,165,139 user records were compromised. The leaked data included username, first and last name, email, encrypted password, uh, phone number, IP address, user agent, session tokens, Additionally, some administrators' authorization details were also exposed. LectureNote is a platform for students, teachers, and institutions to share class notes peer-to-peer, aiming to remove dictation from classrooms. According to Google Play, the app has been downloaded more than a half a million times and has a 12.9 thousand reviews, averaging two and a half stars out of five. That means people either don't like to take notes or the app's not very good. But regardless, it doesn't really matter here, right? If you're if you're a student and you use Lecture Notes or you're a teacher and you use Lecture Notes, chances are pretty good your data has been compromised. Now, does it say anyone has taken it it does not necessarily um, but they do refer to misconfigurations in mongodb databases led to leaks that exposed a million cryptocurrency crypto exchange users customers at nine crypto exchanges in russia 13 million fortune telling what so clearly there is a there is a problem with this particular database that people don't know how to use correctly uh, and so uh, the point here being if you use lecture notes, understand that your data has probably or has the potential to have been compromised. You may get a letter from that, but you want to take a look at what password you're using on lecture notes. And if you use it in other places, you that password is now burned, even though it's encrypted. So the passwords were encrypted, but it doesn't mean necessarily that they won't be over, um, won't be pulled out ultimately. But just from from an abundance of caution, you want to go ahead and change those passwords everywhere. All right, bleepingcomputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting Facebook ads push a new over-stealer password-stealing malware. So again, if you're a Facebook user, you got to be careful what you're doing, but a new password-stealing malware named Overstealer is spreading through fake job advertisements on Facebook aiming to steal account credentials and cryptocurrency. The fake job ads are for management positions and lead users to a Discord URL where a PowerShell script downloads and malware malware payload from a Git hub repository is dumped on your machine. Analysts at Trustwave who discovered the malware campaign note that although none of its tactics are novel, it remains a severe threat to many potential victims given Facebook's popularity as a social media platform. Victims are lured through a Facebook job ad inviting them to apply for an account manager position in digital advertising. The ad links to a PDF file hosted on OneDrive that supposedly contains the job details, but clicking on it triggers a Discord CDN redirect that downloads a file named pdf2.cpl the fact the file is masquerade to appear like a DocuSign document, but in reality, it's a PowerShell payload exploiting a Windows control panel file for execution. Now, if you're doing this on Mac, you, are, you will not be targeted. It won't work on you. It just only works on Windows users, which is most people anyway. So you want to be careful again. If you There's more to this article if you want to see the technical, technical aspects 
um, to this particular piece of malware. You can see that, but that's beyond the scope of what we talk about here. But the, the point being, being, and you want to let people know if they're looking for jobs on Facebook and they see one for for um, mark, marketing manager, what was it again? I'm sorry, it was for uh, account manager position in digital advertising. Just be again, is be careful what you click on, be careful what you link to, be careful what you do because bad things can happen, and bad things happen because someone always clicks the link. Also from Briefing Computer, Sergey Gatlin reporting. Chinese hackers hid in U.S. infrastructure network for five years. Now, this is this really news? I'm gonna be honest with you. This is not to me. This is not news. This is no. This is a no kidding. But for most people, this may be surprising. The Chinese Volt Typhoon Cyber Espionage Group, which we've been talking about for quite a while now, infiltrated a critical infrastructure network in the United States, remained undetected for at least five years before being discovered, according to a joint advisory from DHS, the NSA, the FBI. It partner Five Eyes agencies. Five Eyes are five countries that work together on a variety of different um, things. It's an alliance that includes the U.S., the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. So those are the five high countries. Volt Typhoon hackers are known for extensively using living off the land techniques as part of their attacks on critical infrastructure organizations. Um, they're also using stolen accounts and leverage strong operational security, which enables them to avoid direction to maintain long-term persistence on compromised systems. This is really more the point of this really is that we need to understand the depth and breadth to which Chinese state actors are looking to get into all sorts of systems, not just um, critical infrastructure like this, but everything. So if you create anything that's of value, understand China is going to target it at some point. And like I like to say, if you are small, you're a medium business and you don't have much in the way of cybersecurity, find someone who can help you. Uh, like I, I will say this again, I will give an hour free consulting to a company that wants to kind of talk about what their security posture is and where they're at and what they should do. But again, no one ever takes me up on it because I don't think anybody cares because I don't think anybody, they have anything they want, but they do. Um, it's better to do this before you get hit, but it is what it is. Uh, it does say in this article that today's advisory is also accompanied by a technical guide with information on how to detect Volt Typhoon techniques and if they were used to compromise their organization's network as well as mitigate mitigation measures to secure them against attackers using living off the land techniques. Uh, the Chinese threat group also tracked as bronze silhouette has been targeting and breaching U.S. critical infrastructure since at least 2021, according to a May 2023 report published by Microsoft. So again, be aware these threats are out there. They are coming for everybody. From the Hacker News, after FBI takedown, KV botnet operators shift tactics and attempt to bounce back. And this is a common, this is not a surprise, right? So, and this is the problem within the cybercrime general law enforcement community is you can do things to disrupt criminal activity, but the bad guys, because you're not arresting them, right? In this case, if the K, no KVM botnet operators were arrested, it just that their botnet was taken offline. They're just going to readjust tactics, find another group of computers to compromise, do the same thing. But anyway, the threat actors behind the KV botnet made behavioral changes to the malicious network as U.S. law enforcement began issuing commands to neutralize the activity. KV botnet is a name given to a network of compromised small office our small office and home office routers and firewall devices across the world with one specific cluster acting as a covert data transfer system for other chinese state-sponsored actors including who we talked about previously vote typhoon active since at least february 2022 it was first documented by a black lotus labs team at lumen technologies in mid-december 2023 the botnet is known to compromise two main subgroups um, Viz, KV, and JDY, with the later principally used for scanning potential targets for reconnaissance. Late last month, the U.S. government announced a covert, or a, rather a court-authorized court disruption effort 
to take down the KV cluster, which is typically reserved for manual operations against high-profile targets chosen after broader scan scanning via JDY subgroup. And this is kind of the way it's going with law enforcement, right? If they find these kind of large networks of compromised machines or, and they have the way to disrupt it by basically turning off the switch, that's what they're going to do. For, I mean, they get a court order, so it's, it's legally legal from them. The, 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 the problem I can see with this is if they go in and they, they cause more damage, you won't see this probably happen on a lot of operational technology networks, but an IT network is pretty common um, because it really doesn't do a whole lot of damage because it just turns off the, the, bad, the bad code that's running. So um, what's the point of this? Obviously, is just to show that, you know, these takedowns have limited viability right they, they they they're effective for a little while but the bad guys figure out ways around and continue on so it's, it's going to be con it's constantly a whack-a-mole kind of situation um it's a pretty good article there's a lot more to it from a technical perspective so if that's kind of what you're interested in you can find the link in the show notes and go take a look at it if you uh so desire from wired.com andy greenberg is reporting ransomware payments hit a record 1.1 billion dollars in 2023 now keep in mind this is recorded payments. So I guarantee you the ransomware payment number is much higher than 1.1 billion. But it does say after a slowdown in payments to ransomware gangs in 2022, again, these are reported payments. Last year saw total ransomware payouts jump to their highest level according to a new report from crypto tracing firm Chainalysis. A year ago, there seemed to be a glimmer of hope in the cybersecurity industry, long running war with attrition against ransomware gangs. Fewer corporate victims of those hackers, it seemed, had paid ransoms in 2022. Cybercriminals were earning less for their ruthless attacks. Perhaps the cocktail of improved security measures, increased focus from law enforcement, international sanctions on the ransomware operators, and scrutiny of cryptocurrency industry could actually beat the ransomware skirt. Uh huh. Well, no. That respite, uh, that respite appears to have been a mere up on ransomware's trajectory to become one of the world's most profitable and perhaps the most disruptive form of cybercrime. In 2023, it was the worst year ever. On Wednesday, cryptocurrency tracing firm Chainalysis published new numbers from its annual crime report showing that ransomware payments exceeded $1.1 billion in 2023 based on its tracking of those payments across blockchains. That's the highest number Chainalysis has measured for a single year, nearly twice as much as the year before. Indeed, the company now describes 2022's relatively low 567 million in ransomware payments as an anomaly. The total extortion transactions have steadily grown since 2020, I'm um, since 2020, towards their current 10-figure record. Now, keep in mind, 2024 is going to be even more because these bad guys realize that this kind of stuff works. Companies have to make a decision when they become a victim. What do they do? Do they have backups and, and the, the ability to rebuild their network after this happens? Because you kind of got to wipe everything clean. Clearly, most don't because they're paying the ransom um, in most cases, hoping to get the decryption keys. Um, I don't see a lot of reports where uh, the pain that doesn't get your stuff back. My guess is that's something they look at nor something that they measure. Um, and there's always going to be the argument, well, hey, if you stop paying the ransomware, they, then they won't do it anymore. Well, clearly this is not going to work because unless you get the entire world and every company within the world to do that, you're going to have companies that will continue to pay it. And the guy, the, the bad guys will configure, will continue rather to figure out ways to improve their systems, evolve their systems. The best thing that can really be done or the only thing really is for companies to understand this threat targeting them and come up with methodologies and a strategy to how are they going to stop it from happening? This includes monitoring your network, having incident response plans, testing those incident response plans, having analysts in place to look for that, having threat hunting teams that look for these actions before they deploy. Cause it's not like all of a sudden ransomware just kind of happens. 
the bad guys are there for a while. And so they're able to, to look around and do things. So companies have to be proactive in protecting their own information. Uh, so it's pay it now or pay it later. Those are your choices. But you know, we, we are singing the same song kind of weekly here on the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. Lastly, CSOonline.com, multi-factor authentication adoption peaks despite lower remote access authentication. Despite heavy adoption, multi-factor authentication was found to have lighter organizational-wide deployments, which can lead to credential compromises, rendering the partial adoption counterproductive. So that is an unfortunate subheadline. MFA recorded a considerable jump in 2023, even as remote access authentications fell drastically with return to office becoming a new reality, according to a Cisco report. The report, which was based on data from 16 billion duo authentications globally in 2023, spanned millions of browsers, endpoints, and phones across North and Latin America, Europe, the Middle East, and the Asia Pacific, according to the company. We're going to see this trend continue, said CIS, or Cisco advisory CISO Dave Lewis. The rationale really is the pandemic in many ways pushing global staff to work remotely as attackers pivoted to this new reality using new ways to trick people to give up passwords. Organizations shift focus to deploying multi-factor authentication efficiency as these were not quite as simple to compromise, right? That's the case, right? And it does say that the way to do MFA is with an app-based authentication. Don't use your phone because SIM swapping can give them access to your, your two-factor authentication code. Um, but it does say authentication failure and lacking policies raise concerns. Obviously, 5% of all measured authentications failed with 28% of failures attributed to users not being enrolled in this. Oh, that's a different thing. It doesn't really matter here. Despite heavy adoption, MFA was found to have lighter organization-wide deployments, which can lead to credential compromises, rendering the partial adoption counterproductive. The co average company had 40% of its accounts with either no MFA or weak MFA. So here's the problem, people. If you are a company and you're not using MFA, you're asking to be compromised. You're asking for your data to be stolen because Someone's going to get in using using stolen credentials and bad stuff's going to happen. You need to use multi-factor authentication. I can't bang this drum enough. I bang it all the time. People in the cybersecurity world bang on it. Something you have to do. If not, then you're going to suffer the consequences. That's going to do it for today's news. As always, these articles are listed in the show notes if you would like to peruse them more at your leisure. I thank you so much for taking the time to listen, download, and pass information around. Know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you again tomorrow on Friday's episode of the Cyber Smart Morning News. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.